I stumbled upon this video on YouTube that was titled something like how to get K-pop shoulders. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> like shoulders like a K-pop idol. And it was just this little Chinese girl who was like doing different stretches to like, I I, I guess like flatten out your shoulders because I guess K-pop idols have perfectly chiseled shoulders <laughs> or just like very like the 90 degree like I don't know I was just like wow <laughs> not like I needed to be insecure about my shoulders oh. but <laughs> literally it's just like oh thank you for another thing to <laughs> yeah. now think about do I have K-pop shoulders or not <laughs> but I've been thinking yes, to myself periodically <laughs> K-pop <laughs> So your adjustments. K-pop <laughs> 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 today. That's funny. That's um. It reminds me of this time. The like, I don't know if it's the first time, but maybe around when I was learning about different, like, people with hooded eyes, like myself. Get oh yeah, you do. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even notice. Honest, I don't e- even notice when like non-Asian people have hooded eyes. So I have the same <laughs> issue. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I, go on. Oh, no, that's okay. I didn't even, honestly, I didn't think about it until my sister was like, you have hooded eyes. I was like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. And so I, then I, <laughs> God, just, like, excuse world. you. Yeah. <laughs> then I, I don't know, ended up in this weird little wormhole looking it up. And apparently you can get surgery to like remove your eyelids oh, yeah skin. And i was like <laughs> jesus christ i didn't i didn't think this would be something to be insecure about yeah. but now i'm like looking at my eyelid skin you know like yeah <laughs> do i need less <laughs> yeah. right. some people are like i would like someone like we could just meet up <laughs> yeah. i've also seen uh because i have like i have no bridge to my nose and i've seen surgeries where they will like inject something to like give you <laughs> give oh, wow. you a bridge and it's uh yeah i'm kind of like do i need it i i guess it would help <laughs> with glasses but that's pretty much it <laughs> it's a functional use. yeah <laughs> that's fine oh boy yeah i've seen some stuff like that where they flatten out people's noses basically give them different bridges but i never thought about like creating a whole new bridge yeah i don't know yeah. <laughs> oh great welcome to our k-pop channel yes well yeah, k-pop <laughs> it's weird this top keeps riding up instead of right i guess it's better than down but like it's anyway i don't know they both seem like good options get rid of it <laughs> happy new year Oh my god. Happy New Year. <laughs> happy yes. New Year, everyone. <laughs> yes, happy New Year, everyone. Um did you make any resolutions this year? I I stopped doing New Year's resolutions a while ago because I feel like you can just make resolutions any time of the year. But I do feel like there is a still a, that new energy. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like a, a fresh start. So I kind of, I think I, I think of it more as what I'm leaving behind, like mm. leaving in the previous year rather than. 
the new <laughs> me for the new year, you know? So new, new year, new me. Yes. Yeah. Do you have yeah, any? Like um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I'm actually sort of similar to what you were just saying. I really like that perspective of you can work on it, whatever. Um, but I really do love the new energy of the new year. And I love that it resonates with a lot of people. I think that's mm -hmm. really fun. And usually I do make resolutions because I love a ritual. I think having rituals to do and to like focus on super fun, very entertaining for me. Um, this year I decided that I like everything I've been up to and just want to carry in that energy uh, and a little bit maybe more intentional. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a vibe I'm going into it with or an intention more than making specific sort of resolutions. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's also the year of the rabbit. Well, it's not. Yeah, I think we have like 11 days until the Chinese yeah. New Year, but mm. it's about to be the year. But it of the is the year. Oh, that's exciting. I don't know what that means, but it sounds exciting. <laughs> I don't really know the full extent because I have, I don't know, I have this like giant book of the Chinese Zodiac and I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I can't read suddenly. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so just can't be bothered. <laughs> I think the rabbit is, is lucky. Mm. Like, lucky rabbit's foot so it's supposed to be a lucky year i think i get oh, i think maybe wow maybe <laughs> wow. <laughs> i love that interpretation i'm i'm into it and you know what? i i'm not gonna look it up at all and i will continue to tell people that's what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'll tell them it was from you specifically <laughs> the, the, the sage <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, I think that we can all use a little luck. It's yeah. been rough. <laughs> it's just been a rough few years for everybody. Yes. And I think this year coming into it, it feels a lot, at least for myself. And I know some folks that I've talked to or seen online is this that new energy. And so maybe luck is a beautiful word to have just floating above to pull into your conscious and yeah i think i'm i'm into it i like yeah. the idea <laughs> i'm gonna need that luck too because of the fact that i entered my saturn return and it's <laughs> it's a little scary <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking about that today actually as i was showering mm -hmm. um you know because i think about you in the shower <laughs> <laughs> but i was thinking actually that like because it's what is it it's from 27 to 30 is what you're saying yeah, approximately. Uh, relatively, yes. And so I've had the worst past couple of years just of my life. They've been awful. It's just fucking awful. And um, I got to a point where I was like, I don't think that I'm going to get better. I think this is just it. Like, I don't think I'm coming out of it. I can't see how I will be able to get out of this and change and grow and be happy again. And like fully want to be alive and um it is finally coming to a place where i spent so much time cocooning in my little fertile soil and sort of just like nesting as my little compost heap with all my nutrients <laughs> just i don't know kind of 
sitting there and getting ready and I feel like I'm finally starting to like sprout <laughs> and I have all this like creative energy and I feel positive about my life and I'm ready to like exist in it again yeah <clears throat> um yes so I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how you're entering it so maybe the first two years might be rough but the third year <laughs> 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 and I don't know, it might be different for you, but there is hope and it's so much better than it was before the Saturn return or yeah. before all these things. So Yes. I have I have hope. <laughs> yes. And yes. I mean I you know, its purpose is for you to come out better anyway. <laughs> A more evolved human. Well, god damn it. <laughs> god damn it. It's done its job. But boy, it like it's just like when things happen, I'm like, damn universe, did you have to drag me that hard for me to learn that lesson? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I I was wondering how like what I described in in my Instagram post about the third house, how that resonated with you third house I like look look it up oh <laughs> it's the house of the uh, of communication and oh yes okay. learning so the part that really resonated with me around the third house and communication is how you were talking about how you were leaving interactions feeling sort of doubtful about it or going over in your head thinking about the ways that you could have done better um and just replaying things. And mm -hmm. that part really resonated with me because I experienced that a lot. Um, I'm trying to think what else, or if there's anything specifically that you are thinking about. Kind of, I definitely recognize that I, I process information slowly and, or yeah. And not in like a bad way. <laughs> just in a like recognizing that that I gradually take things in and, and I think that's because I am just constantly <laughs> like inhaling <laughs> information oh, that it, it kind of takes me some time to sift through it and I Yes, I've always felt a little bit of embarrassment in that because of the fact that it see like we we live in a fast-paced world, you know. People people yeah. kind of get impatient with with people taking their time. Um yeah. and it's I think because it's not always like accepted by other people. It makes me, it has made me feel sort of shameful of just how I am. Yeah, I can, I can understand that feeling actually. And I love that you have thought about it in, in that way and can really like, can really recognize and name what comes up for you with it, feeling embarrassed and recognizing that it's also a like sociocultural thing that this is a fast society because mm -hmm. uh, I feel like that a lot also I feel like I am slow to process information I often will have like a quick reaction mm -hmm. but then actually processing it 
takes me a while and sometimes it'll take me a couple days to think about like oh this is actually how i feel about something or oh this is what i would have liked to have responded when i was in conflict with my friend um and i have literally been in conversations with people where someone has asked a question and i'm sitting there trying to think about the actual question think about what i think come up with a response and have been met with you're too slow like let's move on to the next thing or mm-hmm. i'm not like engaged or interested and and i'm sitting there like oh but i want i do want to contribute and i do have thoughts it just can take me a minute to put them together and respond um mm-hmm. so the embarrassment around it and sometimes paired with other people either explicitly or um not explicitly stating that they're over you taking too much space and too much time yes i can i resonate a lot with that that's something that i really love about our friendship and our connection is that i don't feel like that with you i feel like you and i both allow each other the space that we need and kind of like process at similar speed sometimes that feels really comforting to me me too i was actually thinking about the same thing (laughs) Yeah, I hope we should like take over that. <laughs> I hope uh, no, it's okay. I was happy. I'm always happy to hear you talk. Um, but <laughs> I yeah, I was thinking about the same thing and how I'm just making the connection that that it's because we have Saturn in the third house because I also feel that with my friend Luke. Hi, Luke, if you're <laughs> listening from Chile. Because <laughs> well. uh, he's about to turn 30 on the 18th, but he has Saturn in the third house as well. And with you both, I feel like it's... I feel like you you allow me to lead sometimes in the conversation and like you know like when I'm speaking it feels like I'm leading and when you're speaking it feels like I allow you to lead and I feel like that's it doesn't always feel like that with a lot of other people for me it feels like I'm just along for the ride (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think (laughs) it's very special and I appreciate that about about us and I think that's that's one thing that my mom mentioned when she listened to the first episode was that it it's it's cool that you allowed me to lead when I was speaking and it's not it's not like a usual thing for me and I was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> a little tear <laughs> yeah I thought that was really sweet when you were sharing uh, about your mom listening and it's like, <laughs> yeah. hi mom (laughs) we we love we love her i agree with you there are often times where i feel like conversations uh other people are leading and it is sort of like being along for the ride or it's i'm there to respond to whatever they're talking about instead of it being more of a co-creative conversation Mm -hmm. and sometimes i'm like i don't even think i need to be here yeah (laughs) you seem to have it all handled (laughs) yeah yeah i feel like that a lot (laughs) yeah like okay (laughs) 
why did you invite me over? (laughs) (laughs) I've kind of like butted heads with Mercury before I even recognized what it represented or understood like what a Mercury in retrograde was or like knew anything about astrology because I was actually born during a Mercury retrograde and that is kind of like a double down Saturn in the third house. Oh, because the third house corresponds with Mercury and Gemini. So it's a lot to do with communication and Mm. processing information and, and I have often felt that a lot of the Mercury retrogrades have been very difficult for me, even when I don't even anticipate them. Like, I realize when we're in the middle of one and I'm, like, having a hard time, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, (laughs) the the planets are (laughs) fucking me up right now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's super interesting. I am not very aware of what all of those mean. So okay. <laughs> I, I know that Mercury and retrograde, everyone's always like, fucks, fucks things up, fucks up your uh, technology. And then also, I know sometimes when you and I will have conversations, you'll be like, all these things are happening. And then you're like, oh my God, Mercury is in retrograde. Like I've <laughs> literally like sent me that text. You're like, oh, it all makes sense. And I'm like, ah, good. Okay. I'm glad this like, <laughs> so there's like, I feel comforted by that in the fact that it'll end. So I think yeah. there's maybe like a timeline to be like, okay, like it makes sense. That everything's a little fucked up right now, but it'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I'm curious about what that means for, it doubling down on your communication. How do you see that showing up? I'm learning to, I think, care less <laughs> about <laughs> what I say because oh, mm-hmm. for a really long time, I didn't really want to say anything because I felt like whatever I had to say like if it wasn't correct (laughs) or if Mm -hmm. it wasn't gonna be interpreted the way I needed it to or I just felt like everything I had to say needed to be correct it couldn't be wrong Mm -hmm. or else it was not worth saying and I wasn't going to it there there was no point in saying it because I was going to embarrass myself and Mm. I was really afraid of feeling embarrassed because of what I had to say and that also led me to when I like wanted to ask a question in class I would think about what I had to say like five times over before even raising my hand like rehearse in my head what it is I wanted to ask and then by the time I was like ready (laughs) to speak in front of the class a single question it would the t- the moment would pass like we're not on that subject anymore uh, so stuff like that yeah <laughs> yeah and that's just really difficult and the way that it feels when you experience that stuff 
is really difficult too. I know whenever I've had those experiences, which happen pretty often, um, I always feel really bad about myself. There's like multi-layers. I'm like <clears throat> embarrassed if I say something or get it wrong or the point isn't what I mean or if I don't say it properly. And then I feel bad about myself for some reason. And then I feel bad that I can't even just ask a question sometimes. <laughs> and it's just like, there's so many other factors happening. So I can imagine that's really stressful. And it's probably for the best that you are starting to figure out how to care less. <laughs> when you said that, you're like, I care less. I'm like, no. And then I'm like, actually, great. Because <laughs> <Yeah, actually, yeah. laughs> I have spoken to uh, my psychic before, the one I told you about, mm -hmm. um, about that, about caring mm -hmm. too much. Uh, I think I talked to her about it like in my early 20s. And she said that, it's fine. Eventually, you're just not going to care. So don't oh. even worry about it right now. And I'm like, okay, oh, thanks. <laughs> like, and lo and behold. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah, we're getting there. Getting there. Yeah, absolutely. It just brings up the point of our one point that you made from our last podcast, where you were talking about having grace for the younger versions of us. Mm. And I'm like, this sounds like a great moment to apply all the grace for the younger version of yourself. Yeah. And the current version of yourself and the self that you will be. Yeah. 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 I, one mm. thing that my mom has brought up before that I never really took into account was, or is the fact that English wasn't my first language, isn't my first language. Mm. And I came here when I was two and I was like already speaking, learning how to speak Chinese, you know, as much as a two-year-old speaks a language, but, <laughs> and it was just very confusing, probably. Yeah. Not that I can remember, but yeah. it was likely very confusing for me. But yes, my, my body remembers. Yeah. So I think that has definitely been working against me. Mm. I can imagine. I hadn't even thought about that, actually, because we've had conversations sort of like this. And, you know, we talk about this sometimes, but I hadn't considered the impact of having your first few years of life, a couple years of life, really immersed in a different language, specifically different culture, different way of talking, different way of like receiving and perceiving information. Mm -hmm. And then having to change that all up, like... I don't, I don't know what the impact on that is. I wonder if there's any sort of research anyone's done on it or other anecdotal. Probably. I haven't looked into <laughs> it. I've never, I just honestly never even thought about it like that. Yeah, I I didn't either until mm. my mom brought it up. So I'm like, thanks for Aww. being there when I wasn't. <laughs> Apparently I've also been to Australia, but I was three, so I don't remember. <laughs> Well, it still counts. Do you have photos of you in Australia, at least? I don't know. Well, That'd Ma. be nice. <laughs> Ma, we need to know. Maybe I was pet... I feel like there's a picture of me, like, petting a giraffe. I don't know if it's in America, <laughs> but maybe... Just right Australia on the yeah. bottom of it. Or, like, on the back. <laughs> so yeah. It's valid. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that 
always that makes me think about when people bring their kids on vacations or on trips or something when they're really young and they're like we're going to disney i'm like your kid isn't going to remember that no they don't (laughs) you know and some people do theoretically Mm. um i am not one of those people i like have no childhood memories i have no idea what's happened in my life there's a whole it's a whole thing i need to talk to my therapist about but i'm also like well if i don't remember maybe there's a reason maybe i don't need to know <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm just leave that somewhere else. <laughs> um but your body definitely remembers you know because yeah. there's research about oh what what specifically like different attachment styles being formed in childhood um Yes, I'm trying to think what else. There's all sorts of research done about babies and attachment styles and how they process information and how your body stores information um, and your nervous system regulation and whatnot. And there is, like, even before you begin begin talking, that does influence the way that you end up growing up Mm. and being a functional human. So I can imagine that there's an impact like with language as well and communication and processing yeah i'm i can imagine too (laughs) i'm sure (laughs) yeah i support this theory (laughs) i feel like i've carried the sort of (laughs) sort of possessiveness over people in a way uh or over the people that i love (laughs) because I, I like I remembered that uh when I was little my mom would kind of always talk about I don't know if she she might have been joking I'm maybe she was fucking <laughs> with me I don't know but she would talk about getting me a sibling <laughs> and I was like no <laughs> I don't want to share you stop <laughs> and I, I was also like I didn't like it when she would date because I was like and especially if they had their own kids because I was like no that means like I'm not gonna be an only child and um, I'm gonna have to share you <laughs> like you're not oh, anybody else's mom and <laughs> sometimes like I have seen that sometimes with like romantic partnerships but I've also seen mm. that surprisingly more so in friends mm. and I I experience that with you sometimes because <laughs> you know all the boys <laughs> they're like they're just like oh what what you doing this weekend when when's she gonna come hang out is she <laughs> Like, I just love flirting with her. She's so fun. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, get in line, lover boy. <laughs> like, really? I like to flirt with her first. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Your dick is probably too small. She's the size. My girl is a size queen. It's. <laughs> um, but- I feel exposed. <laughs> I like that <laughs> most people don't know what a size queen is anyway. I just, I heard it on the Horrible Decisions podcast and I was like, oh, that's, I know, I there's love a that. word for that. <laughs> yeah. There is a word for that. 
Yes, I, I knew that because a long time ago, my friend was like, I'm a size queen. I was like, I don't know what that is. I looked it up and I'm like, I'm not. And now I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I texted her to update her. And I was like, me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the beginning of our the topic we want to broach today. But what is your definition of a friend? Because mm. I've heard more variations than I was actually aware of <laughs> from, <laughs> like, somebody you feel like you can tell anything to, to somebody who you've just known for a long time, to mm-hmm. somebody who's going to stick with you through anything. I've, I've noticed that my, my definition multiple times throughout my life, I've, like, had to redefine it for myself and... I don't think that a lot of people think about their the requirements for a friend or you know their boundaries around what what a friend should be for them they cuz I don't feel like we're told to think about that we're told to like think about what we require in a romantic partner but yeah. not really a friend so yeah. What's your definition? Sorry, very, <laughs> very long-winded question, but... <laughs> oh, no, that's a great question. Uh, also, perfect segue. I love it. <laughs> I think that you're totally right that for various reasons, we tend to define what we want out of our partners more. I think that we tend to socially or societally place more importance on our intimate romantic partners. Like, there's... Uh, there's a hierarchy somehow, um, which is pinned as a topic for in a little bit. Um, but the definition, I like all of those, and I think all of those are valid. And I think that there are different kinds of friends. Uh, mm-hmm. But I sort of think friends for different situations. To me, when I think about my close friends or the people that I really want to um, develop stronger relationships with or keep in my life for a long time I think of someone that you know not that we have to communicate all the time but someone that when we do communicate it's really it's meaningful I feel like I can be open and honest with I feel like I can be myself and then they can be themselves with me um hmm. it feels supportive it feels like loving and caring I don't have a specific definition for the word friend because they come in all shapes and sizes and there's different moments where different people are appropriate for things so like if there's someone that I like to try out new restaurants with like that might be that but maybe that's the only activity we do so so long-winded answer to, to the long-winded question is I think it varies and I think it depends on what which like which friend you're considering I suppose you know I'll call people my friend who I d- I'm not actually friends with it's just like there it's between acquaintance and friend but there's a lexical gap for that you know I might casually be like oh that's my friend but like I don't really know that person mm-hmm. <laughs> um but like I consider you my friend you know and I like actually do. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not just like some person I know, yeah, or someone that we're not friends because we've known each other, however long we've known each other. We're friends because we took the time to 
get to know each other and build trust and safety and communication and also like have fun and that's I don't know that seems important to me yeah to define a friend at least (laughs) (laughs) I think I found it really uh crucial to understand or sort of (laughs) master the art of compartmentalizing people Mm. because of the because it kind of relieves the pressure of needing somebody to be everything or a lot of things (laughs) at the same time all at once everywhere (laughs) (laughs) everywhere uh i love that i actually think that is something that either subconsciously or consciously we're doing anyways but it totally it's something i try to think about consciously now at this point too because instead of thinking oh i'm being a bad friend if i'm not following up or they're not following up or whatever like there's a specific container that our friendship occurs in not ours but like in the general hour the royal yeah. hour yeah, the royal. <laughs> yes. and that is still valid you know instead of having to apply all of the branches of friendship to one friend i think that categorization has been very useful for me and i'm hearing it's been useful for you yeah <laughs> yeah is I, it something you I try (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, I go in and out of feeling okay with it and then (laughs) I'm like and then I have periods where I'm just like I want them to pour all of themselves onto me Mm, yes yes Uh, yes all the about right and I think it no I love the just noting of it being fluid and oscillating that's applicable with so many things and yeah it's not like a porous box or not it's not hold on it's not a hard box it's porous does that make sense yes (laughs) i'm picturing spongebob (laughs) yes it's a sponge box Does he live in the pineapple under the sea? You know, I think some days he does, and he does have a best friend. So, like, that's a great example, but he's still friends with Squidward, even though, like, that's a different kind of relationship. True. (laughs) I I used to think that a friend to me was somebody who could just, like, come and hang at the drop of a hat, was down to Mm -hmm. chill whenever... And I guess somebody I would just have fun with, but regardless of not, like, we didn't really have to connect on an, on a deeper level. And then, in, like, late high school, early 20s, I think it was redefined to somebody who was going to be there for, through thick and thin and wasn't you know, was going to be there through through my ups and my downs and not mm. going to just desert me when I wasn't at my best. I was, I had like the idea, I think, of unconditional love in, mm. in my mind, my mind brain and <laughs> your sweet brain, <laughs> yeah, my sweet brain. <laughs> and then I kind of, I was like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a little bogus. Because um, <laughs> like, the only person who should love you unconditionally is your mom. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If I if I kill someone, like, I'm not gonna expect you to still love me. You shouldn't. 
That should be a condition. (laughs) You should have more respect for yourself, and that should be one of your conditions. I'm like, I don't. I'll still love you. But yeah, I mean, there, there should love should Mm -hmm. have conditions that should have boundaries. Like you shouldn't Mm -hmm. just like blindly love someone forever just because (laughs) (laughs) because i said i would that one time yeah yeah Yeah. that's a that's a tough one yeah yeah conditions are okay uh, conditions boundaries they're okay (laughs) yeah but now i feel like a friend is somebody who makes me love myself more somebody Mm. who makes me feel more confident in coming as I am and somebody who makes me feel like I want to be more of myself mm-hmm. and kind of, like I sort of see friends now as like tools for <laughs> being able to like see myself more and like yep. fall in love with myself because mm-hmm. like along with that I've redefined or restructured the concept of self-love because I used to think of it as a self-generated like this mm-hmm. all comes from me I don't need anyone else yeah. I just I just have to love myself and like everything will be fine <laughs> but yeah. I realized we're we're physical beings that exist out in the physical world and we <laughs> interact with with other people and yeah we're not just you know these mangroves on our own private islands we're we're out in the world and i feel like self-love has to include surrounding yourself with people who make you love yourself more like choosing mm-hmm. the the people who are going to help you generate self-love that's how i that's how i see friends mm-hmm. <laughs> friends now because i i recently lost a best friend it's sorry mm-hmm. that sounded really grave she's still alive guys <laughs> it's <laughs> but <most> <laughs> <laughs> she's still alive we just had a breakup okay um, but there i mean there's a level of mourning to that though yeah similar absolutely to, like, a death yeah. yeah yeah and i was very depressed for mm-hmm. the last month because of it and i'm still coming out of it i do feel much more at peace now but mm-hmm. it was one of those relationships that I kind of it it didn't <laughs> make me love myself more and it was yeah. really stressful and it started dragging me down and making me question myself and and yeah. who I was and what kind of friend I was and I I realized I was really just holding on to history I guess just the fact Mm. that we had known each other for so long and kind of forgiving 
everything or ignoring all of the signs that we were growing into people that weren't compatible anymore mm-hmm. and growing into people who had different interests and different perspectives and like not really not really the same values yeah just because I was like well this is like a best friend so I and like we've mm-hmm. known each other for like six years so I can't like I have to work <laughs> like I have to yeah. put in the work and that's also something that you know you introduced me to the idea that growth has to be painful you know mm-hmm. or growth doesn't have to be painful sorry I was like yeah, oh, I, was like, I was like I remember we no, had a different conversation yeah, around that actually we'll, completely we'll... the opposite <laughs> I was like, we'll talk about it. Yeah, okay, no. well. sorry yeah it, like yes growth should involve hard work but the work doesn't mm-hmm. have to be painful and it doesn't have to be like catastrophic where you're like you hit rock bottom and you're just like <laughs> help me <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean we had grown a lot in that relationship and we were you know when we did have fights before we would usually come out of it with a better understanding and mm-hmm. a more solid foundation but we just you know in the last half a year or so we just started to have more and more disagreements and misunderstandings and needing of clarification and it was it just kept stacking up and I don't think that we ever got mm-hmm. to a point where we uh, like in between those I don't think we were ever able to heal or really get to solid ground before like the ground was mm-hmm. <laughs> what, mm. what is it called the rug was ripped out from underneath us something yeah. like that <laughs> and yeah at some point I I just got to a point where I was like I can't I I can't just keep working this out repeatedly. Right. And the thing that I was the most hung up about, I think, for the longest time was that I tried to come at it from a place of love. And we were starting to become uncompatible, and it wasn't incompatible that's the word (laughs) but yeah yeah, we were just growing into people who weren't really compatible anymore and and it's the the, it wasn't really anybody's fault and I was trying to make Mm -hmm. it peaceful and also bring forth the the fact that it it became a really stressful relationship for the both of us and like we just needed time apart mm-hmm. and it didn't it wasn't it wasn't forever but we needed mm-hmm. time apart and yeah. I was just met with a it's just because you don't like me anymore energy mm-hmm. and uh have a nice life and I was like, wow, <laughs> uh, that sucks. <laughs> that yeah. ouch. 
but you know I realized I've come to realize that if somebody's not going to be receptive of mm. my words and I don't <laughs> honestly that's a common feeling for me so I don't really like I'm not I guess I'm not too hung up on the fact that my words were misunderstood but I think the only thing I can really do is lead by vibration as woo woo as it sounds <laughs> I, we love, we love some woo woo yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah that it was my recent mm. friend breakup and yeah. friend breakups suck I've had a, a more than I would like yeah uh, <laughs> understandably and yeah I cried for sure yeah I sobbed my little eyes out and my dog would come and lick my tears up and then my face would just smell like dog slobber and I'm like I (laughs) is this better I don't know (laughs) you're like this is a different feeling of sadness (laughs) to lay here in this like slobber (laughs) Mm. how are you feeling right now sharing I think I'm feeling more at peace with it because during the full moon mm. cancer I <laughs> did a vanishing spell of all of the negative energy surrounding that relationship in that relationship after it and mm-hmm. I just focused on sending her off with love and mm. I really do hope that one day she'll recognize that I did this because I love her and not any any other malicious reason. Yeah. I realize that I think if if you're still in a place where you are capable of being judged by me, then I don't think that we're ready to work together. And if you are in a place where you think I am intentionally trying to hurt you, I don't think that we're ready to work together. And I felt that a lot there where, you know, she, she would argue for her limitations and I would have to say, there's no malicious intent here. There's no judgment. And I think that when you try to get somebody to feel good from from a low vibration, you are kind of, you're not doing yourself justice, which is why I, I say you have to lead by vibration, because you can't really feel good from a place of trying to not get somebody else to argue for their limitations if that makes sense <laughs> I, I think i think i'm understanding you is that it... was a lot sorry <laughs> oh no please don't apologize so when you're feeling from a low vibration getting someone is it because is it that you have to like take yourself out of your own self-advocacy 
and experience to try to console them and make sure that they feel okay? Or what is the part that... Yes. Is that part of it? Yes. Or is there something else? Am I missing something? I mean, that's essentially it. You just... (laughs) You can't carry your Mm -hmm. own high vibration while trying to also bring somebody else up vibrationally. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense it's kind of like the airplane (laughs) you know when you when they they tell you to put your mask on first (laughs) yes (laughs) yes the airplane you know yeah (laughs) no that makes sense totally that does make sense and i think a couple things come up with that is when it's not your job to save someone else from their experience of their feelings Mm-hmm. If someone is feeling low vibrational or having a challenging time sitting with what you've shared with them or how you're feeling or how they're feeling, it isn't necessary. It's not our job to like fix people or get them out of it or something. Yeah, you know, and it robs them of the experience of sitting in it and being able to feel like they have their own back and can get out of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that also very much from a place of like if uh i love to rescue people so yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm very much like no i can do it i can fix it like i'll carry you know i'll carry your vibration too like i got yeah. this you know yeah. and i'm like ooh, it's a lot it becomes it becomes a lot mm-hmm. and especially if it's coming from a place where you're trying to mesh you two together and that person you can you could say everything perfectly you can have it all planned out and i do this i like i literally write things in my notes and i'm like this is exactly how the conversation will go. I'll go back and edit it, blah, blah, blah. And you can have it all perfectly planned out. And if you're going into that conversation and that person is going into that conversation with the, without the ability to meet you where you're at or with a different intent or just unable to see you and understand what you're saying, then it's like as much as you want to show up and as good as you show up, that person can only show up as good as they can show up. So that lends itself to the experience that you were having, I think, with going into those conversations and then her responding like, well, you just don't like me or like, you know, being um, reactive to something in a way that took you out of the ability to like have an actual conversation or to reconnect or to develop a stable ground again instead of it being so shaky and having the rug pulled out. Like, you can only do so much. Mm-hmm. And... And the other part is the only person can also only do so much. It's not that either of you are right or wrong. It's just like two different approaches. Yeah. And I think maybe part of friendship is that it's also finding people that can, that work with your approach or want to, or at least have the capacity to Mm -hmm. or willingness, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's really tough. It's really tough. And having friend breakups is really tough. And yeah. I don't think they're as viewed as, as like monumental or as import, important as if it's like you and your partner broke up. Yeah. But they can be just as devastating. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And we're not really taught what to do. Yeah, right? Yeah, what do you do? I... I remember I've had, um, you know, plenty of friend breakups, but some of my best friend ones, like, 
I would tell people, I'd be like, oh, like her and I aren't friends anymore. And this is like years ago. And it's still something that I think about and carry with me. And it feels like heavy in my heart. Um, but years ago, uh, and I would tell people, oh, she and I, like, she's moving out. We're, I don't think we're going to be friends anymore. We're just not connecting. We can't communicate, just all of these things. And people would just be like, oh, so? And I'm like, what do you mean so? Like, my world is literally collapsing. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, as to where if it's, it was a romantic partner, it'd have been like, oh, I'm so sorry. What can I do for you? Blah, 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 all these things. Yeah. And I don't think you receive the same level of acknowledgement or understanding or support or I don't know, like, what do we need after we have a friend breakup? Because they're really just. yeah 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 i mean honestly afterwards i was really questioning my my worthiness of Mm -hmm. of having uh friends (laughs) i mean like yeah (laughs) having yeah like people i don't i just felt like the, <laughs> did it did it end like this because I just don't deserve mm. things I don't deserve love I know I do I know I do <laughs> I was really I, yeah. it's what it made me feel and I was like who nobody told me <laughs> nobody taught me <laughs> what what to do with this oh man that's like making me cry a little I, oh <laughs> I feel like love you so much and I'm like oh, oh I love you too <laughs> Mm-hmm. The, okay. I have heard that you can take ibuprofen for a broken heart. Really? Yes. Dang, I'm about to order us so much ibuprofen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> um, I wonder because I hear the opposite of uh, when someone is experiencing extreme sadness or heartbreak or something. It literally hurts in their body. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, this is a more extreme example, but when you're older and let's say your spouse dies that you've been with forever, the spouse who's left here is usually pretty prone to like sickness or also a premature, I don't know, however, premature death. Um, yeah, we just like don't do well when we're sad. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if you can fix it with modern medicine remedy like ibuprofen in some way. I haven't tried it, so... <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll be sad soon, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm always this <laughs> It's a cycle. You know, it's a cycle. Mm. I think tea helps. Tea helps. <laughs> I, I have, uh, like, tinctures for heartaches. You've given me tinctures <laughs> for heartaches, actually. Yeah. I have it over there. <laughs> 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 it's a motherwort one, maybe. Yeah, I think, well, Hawthorne is good for, like, cardiovascular health. Uh, Motherwort is for, mostly used for menstrual Mm. type symptoms. Oh, maybe it was, I don't know, there's a lemon balm and a motherwort. Oh, lemon balm helps calm the nerves, yeah. All right. I don't know if it has anything to do with the heart, but... They're all super related. I don't know. They're all good for you. Yeah. (laughs) Get those herbs in you. (laughs) This is just a quick PSA that 
you can purchase tinctures and other <laughs> from my lovely co-host. Tinctures, Sudi's house. Beautiful. <laughs> lovely. I do I genuinely love all of these things that you make. So yeah, quick shout out. <laughs> A little plug for you. A little plug. <laughs> I haven't made any recently because of the cold. No, that's <laughs> terrible. Yes, Why terrible. would you? <laughs> and also, like, you know, that it's it's already like sad and cold outside, and then going through an emotional situation when it's cold, yeah. I feel like just makes it so much fucking worse. It's like yeah. insult to injury, you know, all this different, like, ugh, on top of you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I really, I mean. I don't necessarily mind the cold, I don't think. Or maybe I'm tricking myself, I don't know. But no, it's uh, <laughs> you gaslight yourself into it. It's <laughs> I don't think I hate the cold, but I do hate the uh, sun cycle. Mm. <laughs> Especially as a night person, because, you know, I guess I would get more sun if I got up at, what, like, 5 a.m., like, fucking... Not a crazy person, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I don't. That's I. I like the summer because of the fact that the sun goes down at nine p.m. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. I think snow is fun. I guess yeah, cold is like ass, but snow is fun. <laughs> yes, I guess the sun is is like wildly important though. I was just away in Florida, and. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> Sun in a bottle. It? And I'm going to take <laughs> it right now. Yeah. Good. Okay. <laughs> shout out again to mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Third shout out. This, this She's episode. actually from Florida also. So. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, my mother is also there. Nice. Um, I mean, your mom is not there, but she is there. My mother is there. Um, but being there and having gone from being in Colorado and having it uh, transition into winter and my mental health just plummeted and it you know it's a a mixture of things that happen Mm -hmm. but I started just like I pulled I pull away from people and this is something I was thinking about with in regards to friendship I started I just like didn't talk to anybody I didn't really show up and do things I wasn't keeping the commitments that I wanted to I wouldn't hang out with people people would be like can we FaceTime and I'd be like yeah and then just like not so all of these things started accumulating and I have felt recently just so that I've been not showing up like a good friend and not showing up in the way that I would like to show up for my friends um and so acknowledging that that part at least has been really difficult for me mental health wise and seasonally and then I wonder how much it does have to do with the sun because I went to, away to Florida for a couple weeks and I feel I felt great. It was like exactly the reset I needed to be around my family and to be in the sunshine. And now I'm back and I feel energized and motivated and like I have the capacity to connect with the humans in my life that I love so much. And um, I think something that comes along with that though is the I have this sort of moral perfectionism for myself and so I think oh since I've been a bad friend for a few months like honestly for like kind of a while um, a bad friend for a while that my friends aren't going to want to see me or that they don't love me anymore or that I've negatively impacted people 
so much so that they're no longer going to want me in their life. Hmm. Um, which for one can be a little bit protective for me because I'm already trying to think about how can I prevent myself from being hurt and being hurt would be to know that I've disappointed them or hurt them or done something where I can't continue uh, a positive friendship or relationship. So I preemptively then I'm like, oh, I've already done too much. So then I like hold myself away further. It's just, it's this push and pull dynamic mm-hmm. I'm, that I'm trying to figure out and trying to also name with people instead of just being like ashamed and by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to think, hey, I'm having a hard time and I do this thing and I still love you, but I'm back here. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I hope you love me when I come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's been real intense. I've been really sad about it. So, in naming stuff about like friendship, that has been on my mind a lot. Also, that's Mm -hmm. been my sort of like my thorn with my friendship. My roses, I guess. The sunshine really fucking seemed to help. And now I'm like, I'm ready. I'm back. I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering where you got this. (laughs) What are those? What are those? (laughs) That's why I have my fish so i can fiddle around <laughs> yeah. with it yeah i keep like i'm like oh hair tie this thing this thing and i like <laughs> i forgot to like bring a stuffed animal to cuddle yeah. <laughs> <For next time. laughs> i wish i could just give you a squishmallow for through the screen <laughs> one it's right there <laughs> yes <laughs> it's the one that i i sit and i this is also where i sit when i talk to my therapist and i just <laughs> yeah and then she's like, hmm, what, is, what does that mean when you squ- when you squish them a little tighter? I'm like, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Like, <laughs> it's funny because she's like, oh, I see you're like, you know, doing something with a stuffed animal. Tell me about that. I'm like, stop watching everything <laughs> I'm doing. <laughs> but also, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's not like I'm paying you to observe me or anything, <laughs> but... <laughs> cut it out yeah. Yeah. I, I tell her a lot I'm like I'm just having a tantrum right now just give me a second I'll like be ready to talk about it in a moment <laughs> oh, yeah I guess the seasons and fr- the seasons and friendship that's sort of been yeah what's going on a little bit for me I will say that I I always feel like very I think peaceful with our friendship because of mm. the fact that we have a natural understanding it feels <laughs> of mm-hmm. like when we need space or when it's, you know you're going through a thing or i'm going through a thing where we're just like ah. <laughs> 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 yeah i just hope that that you know that i i rarely question I guess (laughs) like Mm -hmm. where we stand because I think that things just loop back around like when they're supposed to Mm -hmm. and it feels very natural Mm. and organic and safe (laughs) (laughs) oh honestly that feels like like a big sigh of relief for me to hear that from you because I I do you know I I do wonder about how you feel about our friendship and especially because I do often take a lot of time or space or whatever 
Um, and so I'm glad to hear that that is the way that you're feeling about it and the way you're feeling about our connection. Because uh, also, same. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's, it feels really... Our friendship feels very trusting and loving and, um, like, nourishing to me. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this before and you're you're so sweet and beautiful and kind and generous to be like i trust that it'll all come back and i'm sitting over here sometimes like is this real is this too good to be (laughs) like is this all gonna go away at some point and you're just like no and i'm like oh like you're here for me and i'm here for you and it's cool like okay yeah a little bit beautiful it is yeah. and it, it brings me back to thinking about the definition of friendship again with oh baby <laughs> baby it's okay it's okay <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> um about it not being longevity based because how long have we known each other like i mean like we've been hanging out for a year but yeah it's <laughs> we met once in 2019 i don't know if right so we've theoretically been friends for years <laughs> but but like even though we've been friends for a longer time than we've known each other for longer than we've been friends like friendship isn't always based off of time but rather the time spent put into it yeah i wanted to talk about your thoughts on decentralizing romantic relationships this is something that I actually have been thinking about a lot. So I love this. I love this topic. I think that, like we've mentioned throughout this episode, is how the hierarchy of importance of other people in our lives tends to be your partner. It's somewhat, somewhat like your family and then your partner who then becomes part of your family, theoretically. Like they're adopted into your family or married in. Um, technically sometimes married and then it seems to be your friends Um, and so I think about this in terms of we expect a lot from our romantic partners we expect them to fulfill uh, sexual needs emotional needs, romantic needs, friendship needs activity needs, comfort needs listening needs, support needs all of these things that we are expecting from our romantic partners. And when we don't have those things fulfilled, we tend to start thinking this person isn't a good fit for me, or um, I'm not happy in this relationship, or I'm trying to think of other things. There's just like, seems to be negative feelings that arise, like not a good fit, not happy, or it needs to change, or putting all of these demands on your partnership that don't necessarily even need to be placed on your partnership. I think it's good and important and beautiful and necessary to go into it intentionally and knowing what you do and don't want from someone. And I think that a lot of relationship conflicts in those ways can also be seen through the, or like solved through the lens of prioritizing your friendships as well. So when I think about decentralizing romance, you know, I'm someone who often gets pretty um, involved and kind of obsessive and like really like attached to my partner. And that ends up causing me a lot of like emotional turmoil 
because I'm like, I want them to provide all of the things to me all of the time. When that's just realistically not easy and not the case, and especially if um, I'm only dating monogamously, then that's like a lot for one person. Mm-hmm. Are so, you dating monogamously right now? or? Um, yes. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> cool. <laughs> I, it's like a conversation that needs to be had <laughs> quite okay, honestly so. but, but uh, insofar as like I'm behaving yes okay this one okay <laughs> yeah. I just remember meeting you and you were poly so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, yes I very traditionally poly or like I don't know I go through different cycles with it so I'm yeah. currently in Me a too. monogamous thing so. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, with friendships, I think that because I get so, like, enmeshed in my partners, I tend to spend a lot of time with them or choose doing activities with them over my friends or my social battery would be lower because I've already exported all of my energy to my partner. Um, And friendships are so beautiful and important, and they're, like... If you think about, <clears throat> they're usually the people who are there, even when you and your partner break up. You know, I've gone through, I have friends that I've been with for, you know, a decade plus that have seen me date so many people. and really like, they, they're they there. Mm-hmm. And so my thoughts on decentralizing romantic relationships is just not prioritizing that as like the only and or the most important place to get all of these beautiful experience and all this love mm-hmm. because your friends are important <clears throat> and they provide beautiful experiences for you also. Um, and I think also just an ode to that it is nice and good and fair to maintain good friendships even while you are in partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of like, and this is to myself also, like note to self, instead of being like, well, I have a partner and then putting your friends on the back burner, like that doesn't feel very good when that happens. Mm-hmm. And everyone I think is happier (laughs) all around like when you do take the space and time Mm -hmm. to be with your friends you know I know that I often am like I'll feel more recharged and refreshed and happy having other people to connect with instead of feeling so like puzzled about my romantic partner Mm -hmm. yeah that's some of it I I hope that makes sense for yeah absolutely Okay. Yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it was just, I, it was a lot. And I was trying to like, figure out how to put it all together. I, I think you did very well. <laughs> Thank you. I just, I like, I like the way you put things together. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I do think that when we put so much stock into our romantic relationships, it, it tends to devalue our friendships or our other relationships and something I I would probably blame society (laughs) (laughs) on a sociological level it's something that I didn't notice for a really long time but you know obviously on social media there's always this couple goals people posting about their oh God, right. their relationships and their how much like explaining mm-hmm. to the world how much their partner means to them which is 
it's a little cringy i don't know (laughs) it's like i think it's sweet but also at the same time like when you think about the like what social media is used for and how it's Mm -hmm. literally i i think every post is just a hey look at me (laughs) i mean literally yeah (laughs) yeah it it's kind of it's funny (laughs) to to be so public about it's deep intimate feelings for like a one person maybe Mm. that's interesting i hadn't really thought about it in terms of like that it that it was curious to be so public about all of those deep intimate feelings Mm. because it's so normalized yeah like you know i'm like yeah that makes sense why wouldn't you want to just shout it from the roof because i also am very like dramatic and in my head i'm like <laughs> i'll yell it from the building i'm yeah i'm very corny but not on social media <laughs> so yeah because i was just reflecting on your social media specifically and i like you know, I go, I poke around your page from time to time. <laughs> um, I stalk you constantly. <laughs> Same. But you don't post that often, so. Oh, oh actually, you you post a lot of stories, so I watch those. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I do, I do. It is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, and you, I've noticed that it is a little difficult to find information about your partnership online. I think I was recently, when I was in Florida, I was trying to show my sister your partner. And I mm. was like, there's not really that much stuff to, like, show, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is interesting, because then the reflection from other people or the value placement might be that you don't care as much. Or maybe it's not as important to you or something like that. Mm-hmm. Question mark? No question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I guess... I just don't necessarily want people in my business. (laughs) (laughs) I used to, like, when we first started dating, probably for the first maybe two years, I, like, (laughs) and it's so funny, this is why, like, most of the, most of his pictures on his page are of the two of us, is because I would, like, (laughs) pressure him. (laughs) to to like Mm -hmm. post us because i was like you and he literally i'm technically his first like actual relationship he's you know had flings before but i would (laughs) he just jumped right in i would say like you (laughs) you have to post us so that your flings know that that you're you're off the market (laughs) Fuck yeah, honestly, I'm like, yeah, it's good, get it, post so everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> that is like, so my, I'm like, why aren't we Facebook official? Like, why are you being yeah. about that? You know? Yeah, <laughs> right. But now I, I, I don't know, I guess I just, I feel more secure in that mm-hmm. I'm like, it's uh, it's almost four years like we're it's fine <laughs> nobody we're, we're together to, yeah <laughs> like, it is it's been official <laughs> it's fine <laughs> yes but imagine if um he had never posted you and you'd been together for four years that feels different yeah definitely <laughs> that feels like mm, see because there is some aspect of the social ownership part at least mm-hmm. like a social declaration yes which I like, you know, I, I like ownership 
play and whatnot. <laughs> so to me, I'm like, mm, kinky, hot. You know, I'm into it. <laughs> me too. I mean, like, I literally was just talking about how I feel <laughs> a yeah, yeah. weird sense of territorialness. With you. Yeah, actually. <laughs> so. Through and through, since you were a baby. <laughs> also, not only is it in social media, but have you noticed that <laughs> I feel like almost every single movie, mm -hmm. even if it's like an action movie or a horror movie, like mm -hmm. there's a love interest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what I was just like of. during the apocalypse. And like, <laughs> I, I mean don't know if I would. Nah. I, would, I can't say. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Just you might as well. <laughs> you know, I think that like, I know it is so prevalent. And then there's not enough stories about how friendship is the the prize goal. Um, yeah, which reminds me, I did watch a movie where that was not the case. Um, and I'll get to that in one second. But it really bothers me in movies where they will place. <clears throat> couples that like definitely don't need to be together it's not relevant for the plot the couple is weird it's an action film yeah. the age difference is creepy like the whole situation <laughs> yeah. and they still do it i'm like man the story was so much better without this weird little creepy fucking thing that you have to put in every movie yeah yeah and i watched a movie the other day that the other day like last year maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah you know and it was um it was this you know kind of cheesy like teen film which i love and it was they all had powers and it was very fun and so she had to be resurrected by true love's kiss and so it was her her best friend and her boyfriend and so the boyfriend like goes to kiss her it doesn't work so her best friend kisses her and she wakes up and because true love is friendship and I was like and then she goes back home to her human world and leaves her boyfriend in like fairy world or wherever he is and she's like no like I'm you know I choose my friend I'm not gonna leave her because I just met some guy and I was like oh my god you literally I was like <laughs> like you never I literally was like just fucking sobbing yeah <laughs> you never see movies or media or just depictions of friendship like that and yeah. that being the like the true love or yeah. the choice that you make and i was just so moved by that and i thought yeah. holy fuck i've <laughs> just literally never seen it before <laughs> yeah but it also makes so much more sense because thinking about it in general like if you just met someone versus your friend that your little bestie like who's actually your true love you know yeah the, this was something I, like, briefly researched when I was trying to do the video essay on representation, but it, it ca I guess it kind of applies here because of the fact that we're talking about media and, like, repeated themes, but mm. um, <clears throat> there's something called cultivation theory, and it essentially posits that when we're exposed to repeated themes in media it it tends to shape our social reality mm. when this idea of finding somebody to marry uh, mm -hmm. finding somebody to spend the rest of your life with or just somebody who you feel that 
like crazy magnetic aeroslub with mm-hmm. it is constantly sort of pushed on us yeah i can see that yeah how it's shaped our our social reality so that also <laughs> leads me into the philosophy <laughs> i think it's greek philosophy of the seven different types of love Yes, I was just thinking about this when you brought up your yeah. I was like, aha, <laughs> your thought. Do you know about this? <laughs> Have you no. researched this? Okay. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah, essentially there are seven different types of love and most people only focus on one, maybe two, and don't understand that there are different ways to have love and give love and energy it ener- love vibe I- <laughs> wavelengths <laughs> of love, love. Uh, <laughs> uh, what what are they i'm curious the first one's eros um and that's is, like rom- romantic love yeah it's the the most classic sort mm. of love that you would think of it's like that passionate um like lust sexual attraction mm. all the tv kind of love mm-hmm. yeah uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's uh it is solely physical oh, um it's, it isn't necessarily something that you want to build a relationship upon on mm-hmm. its own um because it's it is intense and it is sexual and fleeting mm-hmm. but the second type of love is Philia, uh, which is affectionate, friendly love. So that says soul-to-soul bonds. It encompasses the love shared between friends and intimate family members and is characterized by loyalty and trust. Hmm. It's kind, encouraging, affectionate, and everything that makes up true friendship (laughs) that's so cute that's like a great little definition for us (laughs) right (laughs) it it is entirely platonic yet both meaningful and sweet Mm. (laughs) i love that yeah the third is storage i believe that's how you s-t-o-r-g e Okay, I wasn't sure. But that's unconditional family love. So, you know, the way your mama loves you. (laughs) 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 Um, Refers to the unconditional love that parents have for their children. Um, It's protective, kinship based, that embodies approval, sacrifice, and acceptance. It looks like philia though it's more one-sided it's a love a mother has regardless of whether her child reciprocates it yeah that makes me think about um how as a parent i think you will always love your kid more than your kid loves you and that always feels a little like uh heartbreaking because <laughs> <laughs> i thought about that before and i yeah. think i'd like to have kids and i think oh man i really want them to love me as much yeah. as i love them but i right. guess that's not the <laughs> Not the whole point of it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> mm. uh, the fourth is agape, which is mm-hmm. selfless universal love. Oh. 
That's not what I thought that word meant. Me, I don't. What did you? What does it sound like? I I thought it was like just love again. Like, Uh, um, oh, is it like a word for love? In maybe. Maybe it's like a lube also. <laughs> I think um, there's like a, a lube brand <laughs> or like a subcategory of women's lube mm. that is made, actually. <laughs> so it's empathetic, selfless love for others that includes a love for God, nature, strangers, and the less fortunate. Oh, wow. I really thought it was just like romantic love, I think. Hmm. Okay. Okay interesting great this is very uh, <laughs> so it's illuminating like, uh, altruistic love yes yes the fifth one is called uh ludus but i always think of like ludicrous like <laughs> <laughs> like the rapper like luda, <laughs> luda. <laughs> i love it i mean he's a he's a love language <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm down with that but this is the flirtatious uh, playful love. It's kind of like um, the that breezy summer fling, non-committal sort of crush love. Oh, that's so cute. Cute. It is cute. Like how we feel about Ludacris. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so it's so free and young. <laughs> Six is pragma which is committed, long-lasting love. Mm. It's, you know, pragma, practical, pragmatic. That makes sense. Most seen in marriages and, or long-term mm. marriages and friendships. So it's it's mm. commitment and endurance and companionship and sharing similar hopes for the future. Pragma understands how to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> and seven is... It looks like it's spelled fellatio, <laughs> but it, <laughs> I was it's like, what is that? Philolog- yeah, it looks P H I L A U T I A. But uh, I don't know. However, you pronounce this one, it, it's self love. That's the seventh oh, wow. form of love. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to. Play it. I don't think that you can. Oh, I like leaned into my microphone. But my stream should be able to hear. Yeah. Philodia. Philodia. There's like an accent that I don't Philodia. feel like doing. It's Philotia. Oh, that's so pretty. Philodia. That's so much better than Felicio. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, no, we love Felicio. Philodia. We love Felicio. Don't get us wrong, but. <laughs> Tom not. <laughs> um, I think these types of love are interesting and notable and that they're not exclusive to each other. I think that relationships build off of them. Mm-hmm. That there seems to be different stages. Yeah. You know, and different evolutions. But it's interesting to keep in mind that there are all these different stages and evolutions and foundations and ways to go about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the building the awareness is, it takes, maybe, <laughs> it takes so much attention off the Eros, mm. the 
the love that we focus on the most that's like commercialized and mm-hmm. bought into and well with valentine's day coming up oh yeah <laughs> i don't even about it. <laughs> i uh, i forget i bought i did buy myself a small box of chocolates because i was like okay. i don't know maybe i'll want this <laughs> on my period but i <laughs> they do have a lot of cute uh valentine's day squishmallows (laughs) you're like i love valentine's day actually wait i want to show you (laughs) did you get one (laughs) look at that so dumb it's so cute what is that (laughs) (laughs) it's either a bush baby or a oh, monkey or a uh, I don't know like Is a it, aren't they like related to monkeys though? bush babies I think so damn that's cute I like the, I like bush babies they're a little crazy but I like the, the red eyes make him <laughs> like yeah, bloodshot like, <laughs> scary if you just poke the eyes out like on your screen just like <laughs> No, I meant like pop them over the top, like just coming up to peer out. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just like literally poked them out. That's cute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway, uh... (laughs) I think closing thoughts is I would just like to kind of encourage the people who are listening. Uh, other people who are listening to think about how they prioritize relationships in their life and how they value friendship and their romantic love and see what areas you can explore that you can rearrange them to have more fulfillment for yourself and maybe your partner, maybe your friends. Just encouraging to think about this conversation and apply it. And I'm very curious to to hear how it goes if y'all do. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, please send us emails, DMs. We are <laughs> here and we're back and we're gonna be doing this thing. No more two month breaks unless we absolutely need it. <laughs> yes. That's honestly, we just really needed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited for this and excited about our moment. <laughs> <laughs> Signing off. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Love you. <laughs>